welcome to another episode of Burnt Out to Badass. I am so pumped to share this next story with you. I am speaking with the amazing Dr. Valerie Rain. Not only is she an amazing psychologist, she actually found her way into my life through her book, Patriarchy Stress Disorder. That's right. She founded Scientifically Backed Patriarchy Stress Disorder and is helping women achieve their ultimate success, happiness, and fulfillment by healing the intergenerational trauma of oppression. Yes, a total mouthful, but I love, love, love the work she's doing. So let's get into her story. Let's talk about the grunge burnout and her journey through and what she is doing to help so many other women find that inner badass self. Welcome to Burnt Out to Badass, my friend, my mentor, gosh, some of my biggest inspiration, Dr. Valerie Rain. Thank you for joining me today. Erin, so good to be with you. I admire what you're up to in the world and so excited for our conversation. Yes. Yes. And today I think it is going to be a really super powerful conversation as we were strategizing before we got on the recording. But for the people who don't know you or who are new to the podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing in the world. All my life, I've been trying to solve this one problem. Answer the question, what's wrong with me? (laughs) The question has defined my life since I was a little girl. And based on the messages I was getting, Don't talk so loud. Nobody will like you. Don't laugh so loud. Don't be so smart. No one would want to marry you. Don't eat this. You'll get fat. Or look, you're getting so skinny. Eat something. And I just felt that I was always failing to be what I needed to be and to find out what's wrong with me once and for all and fix it. I went on to study psychology, of course. So two graduate degrees later, I was having my dream life, really. Uh, everything that I ever wanted. I was doing the work I loved. I had a thriving private practice in New York. I had a family. I had a home. And one day I was on the phone with a client when I noticed I was smiling only with the right side of my face and the left side of my face just hung in there. And that was the beginning of my story of burnout that I'll be happy to share if that If you'd like to hear. Oh, we're going there. But that eventually brought me to doing what I'm doing now is helping high achieving women recognize and find the answer to that question. What's wrong with them? Because the answer is nothing. And what is wrong is that we live in the patriarchy and we have for thousands of years. And that has been deeply traumatic. And trauma is genetically transmitted. And those insights connected in the discovery of patriarchy stress disorder that I've uncovered and termed and wrote a book about it, Patriarchy Stress Disorder, The Invisible in the Barrier to Women's Happiness and Fulfillment. So now really focusing on getting the message out to high-achieving women so that they know there's nothing wrong with them and the reason why they may not feel happy and fulfilled despite having it all is also not a character flaw, is also not a sign of them being broken or ungrateful, or how dare they 
want something more, it is a sign of this intergenerational trauma that lives in our systems that places the cap on how good we get to have it. And I live for the world where a woman doesn't just get to have it all, but also gets to enjoy it all deeply. So that's my mission. That's my work in the world. I love it. And we got to know each other several months ago through mutual contact, Brooke Adams Law. She's my writing coach, my head copywriter, and she is just a phenomenal force within your community. And she was like, Aaron, Aaron, you got to read this book. And I was like, oh, Brooke, you're always telling me to read books. But I shit you not, it was over the summer uh, 2020 with COVID. And my kids and I were at a private little pond and I was letting them swim. And I literally sat down in that chair and read the story about your um, stroke-like symptoms and driving yourself to the ER and being like, oh, I'll just work while I'm in the ER gurney. It's fine. Like, Oh, it's kind of like a vacation because I don't have to answer my phone because I'm in the ER and doesn't have signal. And we instantly connected over that because I don't know how many times that I, in the middle of my having it all life, that I thought, I wish I would like get cancer or Bell's palsy or something so that I would have a reason to stop and a reason to rest. Oh, that gives me chills. And I hear it from women all the time. Like recently heard from a woman who said, yeah, got a COVID test. It's negative. It was very disappointing because I was really hoping to be able to quarantine from it all. Right. <laughs> Just from the family obligations, everybody leave me alone. I am at the end of my rope. And yeah, we have a lot to talk about. So if we're wishing for for illness, if we are wishing for those experiences in our lives, I just have to tell you, sister friends, that you're burned out and you need this podcast today. So let's get into the grit of your burnout and give us a little sneak peek of what burnout was like for you. It was a very rapid event in my case. <laughs> Uh, from that moment of having stroke-like symptoms and driving myself to the ER and lying there under those cold, cold fluorescent lights, I was, my experience was this very rapid coming to. That's how I can describe it. It's like, not like my life flashed before my eyes, but like a lot of things got exposed really quickly. Like, oh my gosh, now that I got time to be and think and feel for the first time in a long time that I wasn't working and I wasn't running from one thing to the next, I could see where I had been using work and stress as a security blanket to very conveniently numb myself from feeling that deeper pain of not feeling happy and fulfilled. And that was a horrifying realization as that security blanket began to slip in the ER. Like, oh shit, I have done everything I knew how to do. I've accomplished everything. I was at the top of my career the way I, I imagined it. And had everything I ever wanted. And I have been in therapy for years. I read every self-help book I could, could get my hands on and did all sorts of personal development stuff, retreats and seminars. 
I got certified as a yoga teacher and you name it. And I was still not feeling happy and fulfilled. And I was like, am I so broken that nothing works for me? Or am I so greedy and ungrateful that I want something more out of the life that's already so good? Like people would trade lives with me in, in the heartbeat. So many people are suffering. And so I was feeling all this guilt. I was feeling all this despair because I really did not know what else to do. All I knew that it was fucked. It was just, that's where I was. And thankfully, the light the light in that situation for me came from my own clients. Because interestingly, my clients were shifting from that numbness and disconnection into the fullness of their lives. So obviously, I was doing something for them that I was not doing for myself. And when I looked at what it was, with all of my clients, I was using mind-body trauma healing tools, even though for most of my clients, they experienced nothing that they would have described as a traumatic event. No life-threatening experiences, pretty normal, normal childhoods, normal lives. And yet they were all showing this telltale symptom of trauma, which is disconnection from parts of themselves, from their authenticity, from parts of their body. And obviously my disconnection had to scream at me by shutting down the left side of my body for me to notice and oh, become aware of the fact that I too had trauma. And so I began to wonder what kind of trauma, what kind of trauma could we all have and not even be aware of it? And that's where that awareness of epigenetics came in, intergenerational transmission of trauma, and how for women, particularly this type of trauma that we all share, PSD, that basically spells out that the trauma itself has been all around the experiences of stepping into our power. A woman has always been punished for, for power or for reaching for her authentic desires. It was not possible. It was not on the menu and it was punished. So what I began to see in my own experience and with my clients, the more successful a woman was becoming, the more her body was taking a toll, or sometimes it would show up in her relationships and other ways. And I made this connection that, wait a second, it's just, our system does not feel safe. The more money we make, the more visible we become, especially when women step out of the patriarchal structures and start to open their own businesses, start to do something authentic. That's when PSD really begins to escalate. So from my own burnout moment, the dominoes just fell like far and wide, seeing that I was so not alone and it was so, it was not my fault. It was not women's fault that we, we were using stress for numbing because our systems could not help but be stressed. We, because of the trauma that lives in the system. It's constantly there. And the more we accomplish, the more we kind of pay for it, which is fucked up, which is not right. And we can change that. And that became my mission, which was born out of burnout to change that. And, and I'm happy to report that both in my life and with our clients, we're changing that quite successfully. 
You know, that's been my experience both as a family medicine physician and as a life coach is that the people who show up in front of me many times are mirrors if I pay attention to myself. And I love that your work came out of, well, how the fuck can I help her but not help myself? And you really digging in and finding the patterning, because that's one thing I love about your book, being a super science nerd, is that I can see the technician in there pulling this research and pulling this research and, and coming to conclusions that from your experience, you were helping other women see, but then you had your mirrors that were reflecting it back. To be like, oh, it doesn't matter how successful I am. If I don't feel safe, my body is going to keep reacting to this. And isn't it funny that so many times the things that we teach, the things that fall out of our mouth are the exact message that our soul needs. I love that with people that I work with, my clients so many times when they're like, well, I want to do this thing. And I just say, start talking because your message will fall out of your mouth. And I, I love that. That's what that's what you did. And you wrote a book and you have a whole scholarly amount of research to back that now. What what was the time frame from the ER to really the concreteness of identifying PSD? It was pretty rapid. And I think that is that is part of the benefit of burnout, if you will, is being really ripped open and not holding on to the security blanket of this is just how I do my life and this is working. Things have to stop working for us to really wake up. And I wish it didn't have to be this way. Like part of my mission is getting the book out to women to see, okay, can we interrupt this trajectory sooner? Maybe life doesn't have to pull the rug from under you. And most often though, that does happen, but it's not all, it's not all awful. I mean, it's, it's rough, it's rough, but it kind of, it left me in this place of, okay, I'm not holding on to the old. I'm ready for something different. And I think I was in that place of radical openness and despair. <laughs> so those downloads were coming in fast. And I, because I already had the tools and, and, and practices and methodologies that I was using with my clients, I was like, okay, I better start using that myself. So that expedited the journey quite a bit. So my recovery was also rapid. And from there, the book began to form also, also rapidly. And I was having a lot of conversations with women because I, I, I wanted to know, like, am I on track? Are other women experiencing it? And so lots and lots of conversations and teaching this. Interestingly, like we stepped into delivering work and, and working with clients in the PSD paradigm before the book came out because so many women I would talk to about it would recognize themselves and like, okay, what do I do about this now? I'm like, okay, here are the tools. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's do this together. So it was kind of a, a vortex really. And I think that's what happens if we're willing to let go and step into the flow and be carried. And it takes a lot, it takes a lot of courage to let go. <laughs> A shit ton. It does. And I love that being ripped open analogy. I like to think about burnout as burning off and like really getting into that exposure into like the true core, 
because that was my experience as well. Like once I got the rug pulled out for me or what I called the two by four moment, like either you have the tickle of the feather or you get the two by four. And for some reason, I'm a two by four woman that it does it like no, no longer you just like looking over the edge. You're like, fuck, yes, let's jump. And you jump as far as you can with it. Because now, six years out, I can say my burnout has been a purpose in my life. It has created a purpose. It has exposed a purpose in my life. In the middle of that pain, when you're ripped open, no, it feels awful. But it, it is the rising from the ashes, though, that, that I admire in you and so many other women on this podcast. So, yes, the, the, the radically new not just the like, oh, I shifted a little bit and changed, but you stand up and you're a whole new creature with different energy um, and different different light in the world. Yeah. And it is a radical, yeah, recalibration. Just wanted to reflect on the feather moments. I had a lot of feather moments, uh, which I could have paid attention to. I, I I did my best to put them in the book so that me women, too. Yeah, because <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's intuition. We don't listen to her. We're science women. <laughs> We need facts and data. <laughs> but even moments like, okay, at some point in my private practice, I was working 14-hour days with clients back to back, and I would not even schedule like pee breaks. Girl, you're talking my language as a doctor. Like you work through lunch and you add people onto the schedule. Yeah, yes. I can do more. I can serve more. And I was just like bleary. But I'm like, I'm doing the work I love. I'm not even tired. And that's that's the kicker. When my, my nervous system kind of shut down the left side of my body and my official diagnosis in the ER was quote unquote, just stress, I did not even feel stressed. I actually didn't feel anything. I didn't feel unhappy. I didn't feel happy. I just felt numb. And so many women who come to work with us have this experience of not even feeling stressed, but the stress that lives in our system is so, so deep. And it has been there before we were born. It's generational. And so our threshold of tolerance, stress tolerance is so high. And that's also kind of, the blessing and the curse of the strong, accomplished woman, we just keep going because we can until we can't. And I think that's why like the two by four woman, right? That's that's just so common with us. We'll just keep on going. I call it the pathologic normal. It's, <laughs> I love it's that. we've been swimming in this toxic ooze for so long that it's just become our pathologic normal. And it's until either someone like suddenly switches out into like good purified water that we're like, whoa, what just happened? This is too good to be true. Or someone ducks, dumps a bunch more toxicity and, and then we like freak out again. And so, and I think that that's so important to recognize is that there's normalization of this pathologic normal of patriarchy stress disorder. And that- learning from your community, the only way to true healing is through community. It's a huge active ingredient. Talk a little bit about that because I know you did one-on-one -on -one individual therapy. I did one-on-one -on -one coaching for one. I did one-on-one -on -one with patients. And what I've really found in my experience, and it mirrors yours, that community is the bond, the cement that sets all of those exercises and those changes into place. There are so many aspects 
to community. And most women who come to work with us in our programs have done it all, have been in therapy for years, have done all sorts of coaching, personal development. And there is oftentimes uh, the hesitation before entering into a community because we all have wounding from communities, from communities of women, from mixed gender communities. Absolutely. And interestingly, the only way to heal that wounding is in a community. And working with intergenerational collective trauma, that can only be healed in a collective environment. That is not individual work. And what we see that is super exciting and interesting in the community, we kind of become a single body in a way. And when one woman goes deeper, she takes us all deeper. When one woman goes higher, she takes us all higher. And one woman discovers something and, and takes us right to that pain point. And it's like collective acupuncture. Then our whole body gets healed because we all get the opportunity to work with that particular thing that she brought up, she became aware of. Whereas I might not have been aware of or somebody else might not have been aware of because we're working with this collective subconscious and we're working with collective trauma that lives there. And it's just a lot more effective. I'm all about effective and efficient and fun. It's a lot more fun. And even from the scientific perspective of us having mirror neurons and basically mirroring and being mirrored by the community is a huge definer of, is that even a word, of how our life goes, right? That, that, that saying that you're the average of the five people you hang out with. And oftentimes women who reach for more, who know there is more to them, to their lives, don't necessarily have that in their immediate circle. They don't necessarily have people who are able to reflect that to them. A therapist cannot do that fully. I mean, nothing against therapists. They're wonderful people, but they're not living big lives. They're not building empires or whatever you're up to. They're not daring greatly. They're sitting in their office. They did that for years. It's the safest place to be. So they're not going to get what you're up to. They're not going to reflect your greatness. But your peers who are up to those same things, they will. And we all crave that. And we all need that. And I think that ugly duckling story, all women in our community have, have lived that, being an outlier, being the one who reached for more, always. And just not being, you know, always being told like, oh, yeah, you're reaching for too much or who do you think you are? And finally being in the community of swans who can hold up that mirror and go, yes, honey, I see you. And hearing from our women, this is the first time, the first community I feel seen in, truly seen, truly uplifted, truly celebrated and safe, just huge. And we all need this. This is this is what we require. And it's really sad and messed up that we, like most people don't have that growing up. And my big hope and my big vision is by creating these changes through this work of healing that we're doing, that every woman takes these ripples into the world, creating, creating and showing people what's possible when your nervous system feels safe, when you're playing the game of how good can it get? Like every woman takes everybody around her with her. Absolutely. I mean, how many times do we acknowledge in Maslow's hierarchy of needs? 
that connection is a basic human need. And I think in the same way of the collective spirits in masterminds that I have held or been in, in groups, in collections, that there is that piece of like finding your tribe, finding the people who don't evidently live next door to you or shop at the same grocery store with you or remotely close to you. But there are people in this world who hear you, who see you, who understand you. And that you are not broken. Yeah. I think it's powerful. And so I love the community that you are creating with this because then that gets us out of the pathological normal, gets us out of the cesspool. I love that pathological normal wording and your way with, with words. I remember uh, having, having this conversation with a doctor, actually. His, his view was, which is very applicable here, that people are just chronically under kind of, they're not in their optimal health, like optimal health. Maybe the person has never experienced their optimal health, but they, they, they saying to themselves, I'm okay. Like my limbs are not falling off. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> like, and yeah, rationalizing like, oh, I'm not as bad as my such and such, or look at them. We do that comparison game to be like, oh no, no, I'm okay. But in react- actuality, if you look around, we're all walking zombies. Yeah. Until we come to this realization point to be like, fuck no, I am not placed on this earth to work and pay bills and die. That is so powerful. And with our inner life, with our inner life and that experience of happiness, exaltation, I'm not afraid of this word because that's, that is what I'm, I am desiring and living and experiencing. And I'm somebody who's had two major depressive episodes in her life that lasted years. And statistically speaking, I had an 80% chance of relapse in the first five years. And I'm a candidate, was a candidate to be on antidepressants for the rest of my life. That's the best that conventional approach had to offer me. And I had incapacitating anxiety. I could not open my mouth and speak up in class. And that just persisted. This work, healing this trauma unveiled how good can it get in my system, which I could have never imagined that I could wake up and go to bed and feel consistently happy, regardless of the circumstances, that my capacity could be such that I don't get stressed anymore. And not because I'm numb, I just feel in the flow of things. But that's not, not something I could have imagined because I didn't have a reference point and I didn't see anyone in my environment living this life, this exalted life in their relationship. The relationship, both, both my life partner, Jeffrey and I, we have both been on this trauma healing journey for years and now we're working together and we're, we're taking this healing into the world together. But that's what enables us to have a relationship where we, the likes of which we had not experienced before or, or not witnessed ever. Like, and, and a big part of my mission is I call them four minute miles, helping women break that four minute mile. And I'm referring to Sir Roger Bannister, who set that record until he ran a four minute mile. It was considered humanly impossible, humanly impossible, like the conventional medicine and psychology considers it impossible to heal depression or anxiety. 
It's just maintenance, right? Just take medication and say thank you and come back next month. And it's actually possible, but it takes somebody to do it. And so in our programs, we see women break that four-minute mile. Let's say she takes her relationship to the next level. She takes her work in the world to the next level. She, One of my favorites recently, we had a woman who just had the experience, spontaneous experience of seeing her own beauty for the first time in her 40s. She just looked in the mirror and she saw her beauty for the first time. And just it just breaks me down because like I I grew up witnessing my mom look in the mirror and never once look satisfied with what she saw. Always unhappy, always fixing something, always striving to lose weight or this or that. And my mission is really to participate in creating this shift in reality where we have this precedence. Yes. It's possible to be anxiety-free without medication. Yes, it is possible to have an amazing relationship with a partner who is your equal emotionally and in every way. And the more we create these precedents, the more we shift the world where that becomes the norm, right? Not the pathological, but like keep on raising the bar. I I refer to this as uh, the game of how good can it get? Keep on raising the bar. There is really no limit. Yes, we may not have the reference point to start, but if you have that longing, that little whisper, that tickling feather going well, maybe it can be easier. Maybe it could be better. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Just follow that. And then then that next step will open up uh, new experiences and new precedents, new four-minute miles. That's right. Thank you so much, Dr. Ali. That's a perfect full circle from where the burnout led into the how good can this really get badass. And I love this saying that that you use a lot, which is, and you can have this and so much more. Yeah. I think that is the epitome of your journey is like, yes, girl, you can have this and so much more. Yeah. And really teaching all of us to lean into those desires, to lean into those maybes and to breathe breath into them and say, yes, it is possible. Yeah. And every time it's a leap of faith, because the status quo is a proven concept, like my limbs are not falling off. I'm good. You know, that that norm is so sticky. And if that is not completely satisfying for you, that dissatisfaction is divine. Divine. It's not a sign that something is wrong with you. It's the sign that something is very right with you. In fact, everything is. Just listen to that voice and take that next step. So how good can it get? Exactly. So rip it open. Look at that and see that there's nothing gone wrong here. There is nothing wrong here. It's all gone right. And I think it comes down to trusting ourselves and trusting that our bodies do know. Because so long we've been taught quite the opposite. So anyway, if you want all of this goodness, get Dr. Valerie's book. It is absolutely amazing. Come follow her on all of her social media. That will be in the show notes. She has quarterly live events that you can hop onto, which are absolutely amazing. So you can check her website out for her next one that is coming. And Dr. Valerie, it is just such an honor to call you colleague and friend. And the badass in me honors the badass in you. Right back at you, Erin. Such a joy to be here. And thank you for the light that you carry in the world. Just admire who you are, what you're up to. 
And such a joy to be here with your community today. Thank you for tuning in and sharing your time with us today. Dr. Valerie is amazing in helping women shift from survival to thriving and mastering the game of how good can it get in our personal and professional lives. I'm always so thrilled to share these stories that are so transformative, that encourage, inspire, and infuse all of us with hope and inspiration. If you need some more of that in your life, go check out Dr. Valerie or come hang out with me at burntouttobadass.com. Check the show notes. We got lots of great resources and I would love to see you in there. All right. And don't forget, my friend, the badass in me honors the badass in you. Watch out.